Are you interested in accelerating the digital transformation in your company? You can learn from the RPA Summer School 2022. Go check out community.uipath.com slash RPA Summer School. You'll learn how to cut off repetitive tasks through simple UiPath automations and see which basic processes can be automated in your daily work. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my wonderful collaborator, Cassidy Williams. Hi, Cassidy. Hello. So who are we having on the show today and what are we going to talk about? Pretend I know nothing. I'm going to pretend you know nothing. And I'm (laughs) very excited to introduce our guest, Arpit Mohan. He is over at AppSmith, which is an open source, low code platform for building internal tools and really interesting tools from spreadsheets and various data sources. Very cool. Arpit, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. Hey, Cassidy. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So the first thing we usually ask folks is just tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the world of, of software and technology and what led you to create this organization you're at now? So I've been fascinated with technology for the longest of time. My dad, he was a you know, quote-unquote real engineer. He roamed around with tools. <laughs> he was a mechanical engineer. And since then, I've always wanted to be one. And as a kid, I would literally take apart every device in the house Right from early 90s, there was this virtual pet called Tamaguchis to yes. uh, video recorders to televisions. And the Tamaguchi, I still distinctly remember. The first time I took it out, I don't know what I was that eight-year-old in me was expecting. I maybe expected this dinosaur to jump out at me. And I saw a little green chip and I was very underwhelmed at that point that this entire world that I had dedicated a year to was this little green chip. And the more I took apart devices, I saw this recurrence of the green chip everywhere, the microcontroller. I think since then, a lot of my journey has been defined by building worlds, by building things on top of this green chip, because that's, you know, it's literally a window into a whole new, you know, possibility. And uh, so going from there as a kid to uh, building humanoid robots uh, when I was in university. So we built India's first uh, humanoid that I think did the only two things which are worthwhile in life. It danced and it played football. (laughs) <laughs> what else do you need to do? That's what matters. That's what matters, yeah. <laughs> so we did that in university. and uh, But professionally, I started off my journey with a low-code company. Back then, the, the word didn't exist, but uh, it was a low-code company called Kony Labs, which did mobile apps uh, or allowed users to build mobile apps really quickly. And post which, uh, the last decade has largely been dedicated to starting up multiple times. So people end up, you know, at times calling me a serial entrepreneur which uh, I, I think it's an insult because uh, if the first one had worked out, I wouldn't be doing the third one. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so building multiple startups across uh, different industries. The first one was Gharpe, which was a very earthy business. It was a cash and delivery company based in India. This is uh, pre-credit cards, pre-mobile phones proliferation in the country. So we literally picked up cash at your doorstep, deposited it in the bank for you. So it was a very early business, very very straightforward, operationally heavy company. That sounds, did you have like armored cars? I mean, how much cash we tell? That sounds like a dangerous business to be in picking up cash and putting it somewhere else. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of things that we did with technology where we didn't need to do armored cars. Everybody literally roamed around on motorcycles. So, and there were like strict limits on, you know, if you have more than $500 on you at any given point of time, you have to deposit in the bank. So even if you get robbed, 
your liabilities may be 500 dollars and at mm. that point we were doing about a million dollars in cash per month we were just wow. transiting through us so that that went well for a while so that company got acquired and we moved on to doing multiple things across ai nlp i think uh, we finally settled on a mobile game which ended up going viral coincidentally post y combinator we did a mobile game uh, so we had a million downloads on the play store had 120000 uh, daily users and all of this happened within a span of i think 4 or 5 months and we were four engineers like two backend two mobile engineers and we were just trying to keep the lights on what was the game called like uh, just just oh, quickly what so the game was called mob show uh, it was a quiz game uh, much like hq trivia if you remember hq trivia so it was very much yeah. like that and yeah so while we were kind of scaling the mobile game we were getting about 3000 emails or support emails a day telling us you know various <laughs> things and we had one support engineer at that point so oh. just <laughs> keeping the lights on on the product trying to do something over there and then trying to answer 3000 emails we realized that oh we have to build a lot of tools we have to build a lot of stuff just to keep things going this was 2018 and that's when the idea kind of we turned around and said there has to be a better way to build admin panels internal tools etc why do i have to drop into react why do i have to drop into like pure django admin and move my stack and etc that's where the idea of appsmith came about so we literally shut down the mobile game and said hey you know there i think there's a much bigger business a much more interesting business for developers and uh, that's why appsmith and the last 3 years with appsmith we've been building an open source project because i'm a distributed systems person i've spent my life trying to work on web scale systems for the life of me i do not enjoy css i don't enjoy designing stuff when <laughs> a week if that's my achilles heel so with appsmith we open sourced it because we believe there are a lot of engineers a lot of growing product teams out there that require these admin tools dashboards etc to be built inside their company for their own use cases and they either do not have the skill set or the interest or the bandwidth to do so so it's just making it easier and that's also why we open sourced it for everybody to use yeah and today i think appsmith is a decently successful or averagely successful open source project it's an awesome project too i've only played around with it a little bit but the fact that you can still write javascript but it's still technically a low code tool like i can do as much dragging and dropping as i want and and play with spreadsheets and stuff that's it's pretty nice for building those kind of quick front ends for various things yeah uh, within appsmith we explicitly said that oh we're going to allow wherever you can write english you can write javascript and that was mm-hmm. a very explicit decision that we took because we realized that to build anything moderately complex you require code you require logic you require and yeah and that's why you know what better language to do it in than javascript the world's most right. popular prolific uh, language out there so for better or for worse <laughs> <laughs> we had a post recently up on the stack overflow blog about low code no code and like to what degree it would replace higher level languages or might allow folks who are sort of non-developers to take the role of developers and i think within the low code no code ecosystem there's a lot of traction there's a lot of people who are sort of citizen developers coming on from marketing or sales or other areas of the company who can now build their own workflows their own little custom tools which is great and maybe as you point out arpit you know developers who want to build custom tooling for themselves and this is kind of the answer as opposed to always having to reinvent the wheel 
But I also feel like there's a bit of a stigma associated with low code, no code, where you know many developers say this is not for me. You're not really a developer if you're doing this, and this this can't solve serious problems. So, what is your thought on that? Like, where is the inflection point between where these tools are useful and you know where you need to get back to being you know maybe like a more seasoned or you know uh, more schooled programmer? And you know, in the future, how do you see them impacting the sort of software development ecosystem overall? Uh, let me begin by saying that. The idea of low-code, no-code, et cetera, is not new. I literally started my career, you know, one and a half decades ago with a low-code company. It's just that at that time, it was called rapid application development or business application development, et cetera. The right. oldest low-code company is, you know, a company called Pega Systems. They were founded in uh, 1983, 1984, I think. So this is not a new concept. It's just that every decade, this uh, world gets reinvented with more modern tools, modern technologies. And that right. is where, you know, AppSmith is at. I'd even argue that like Excel spreadsheets are basically low code tools and they can yeah. do a lot. Exactly. Right. PowerPoint. We're all coding in PowerPoint. But I take your point. Some of it's even language. Like if you say rapid application development or business application development, it's like, okay, this is a kind of thing we want to do that's less sophisticated. When you say no code, low code, it almost implies in some way Hey, in the future, we're not going to need folks who really know how to work with code. Most of us will just be pulling the building blocks together. So in some ways, to your point, like old idea, but there is something about the way it's talked about now that I think gets under the skin of some software developers. I think that notion is very far-fetched. In order to build anything moderately complex, you need some code. Okay, so so that is why AppSmith, for example, sits very squarely in the low-code category. So we do not sit or we don't try to do anything no-code. So if you are a citizen developer, you know, you're a marketing person who's, you know, you know, done an MBA, never coded a day in your life, that's okay. But AppSmith is not a tool for you. And you'll probably get by by, you know, Excel sheets, maybe some tools on top of Excel. Great. But at no point will you be able to build, you know, a customer support dashboard that integrates with your Salesforce and your uh, your fresh desk or Zendesk and your custom DB and then pull it all together in one dashboard. So those are tools that's really hard to build without knowing you know, some level of code. Now, with every generation of uh, platforms that, that get built, at one point, C++ was, or C or C++ was low code for machine. Then Java was low code for C++. The iPhone is low code for <laughs> you know, the DSLR. So you'll always have, at some point, when this new technology or these new platforms come in, there will always be people who are purists, if you will, who believe that you know DSLRs are the true way of taking photos. A digital camera or an iPhone does not. But there is a long journey that happens of education of people who learn the new technology, who learn the new platform, who understand, and they are then able to draw parallels and create a lot more worlds. So in our case with AppSmith, I think we... There's absolutely zero danger of, of low-code tools taking away our jobs. If anything, I think we, as developers, we'll get a lot more productive because we get to focus on the revenue-generating aspects of our business rather than focusing purely on you know an admin panel for your marketing team or your growth team or whatever. Or the co- the connection of data sources and the intricacies of those APIs. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, with all sure. these low-code tools, it, it makes building more accessible. And some people who don't consider themselves developers suddenly can build really complex things without having to be too deep in the weeds of coding. And, and I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to 
give people, enable people to do, because eventually they might want to go somewhere more complex and build something more complex, but they high level know how it might work because they've used a tool like this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, with the iPhone, the number of photos or digital photos that got taken in this world increased like like many, many, many fold, right? And it introduced the concept of filters and, you know, focus and aperture, et cetera, to a lot of, you know, whatever, Instagram stars, if you will. So similarly with low code as well, it's going to happen where because you can now build a lot of things really quickly, so you get to the acceptance point really quickly, and then you're able to build, you know, some fantastic stuff that you probably did not think of five years ago, 10 years ago, that was possible in this period of time. You just get to that point, that wow moment very, very quickly. And that opens up whole new possibilities. I have a fun story. One of my old coworkers, she does not consider herself a developer. She does not like coding. She's just like, ah, coding's not for me. It'll never be for me. But she's very into spreadsheets and tracking different things that she does in spreadsheets. And she figured out a way to connect her spreadsheets to a low-code tool that allowed her to make iPhone apps to continue to track just some of her own personal data recipes and and tarot card readings and, and all kinds of stuff, weather tracking stuff around her house. And she kept making them more and more complex to the point where she was writing scripts, but I don't think she realized she was writing scripts. And the more she played with it and the more she was showing me, I was just like, this is a very complex app that you've built. And she's like, oh, I didn't build it. I just kind of stitched things together. I'm like, no, no, I could not build this. And I'm a developer. <laughs> you did a great job. And and it's that kind of thing where these tools enable you to build really powerful things, whether you realize you're coding or not. Yeah, that's a great, you kind of, and at the end, you're like, did I build this? Like, how did I get Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Arpit, what are some of the things you're excited about that maybe you have on the roadmap? You mentioned, you know, any place you can write English, you can write JavaScript. Are there ideas you have that would enable AppSmith to work with new technologies or frameworks? Are there things that, you know, since it's open source, a lot of people are asking for that you think will be important to bring to the platform? Oh, yeah. There's a very, very long list of things that people ask for. And I think that's awesome. That's the the charm of being an open source project. I love that that aspect of open source worlds. Down the road, we have quite a few things up our sleeve. The first is improving the debugging and uh, code, the ability to write code and that experience. So today we have an editor that we shipped with along with the AppSmith ID overall. So you can write you know, full, it has ES6 support. You can write async await, you can use promises, et cetera. So the code writing part is there. I think the part where I think we need to improve on and we're working very hard on is the debugging capabilities where you can add debug points and do basically whatever you can do in VS Code or WebStorm, you can do it within the AppSmith world as well. So that's one thing I'm like super excited about. Apart from that, there are a lot of uh, future integrations that we're looking at. So we have about uh, you know 17 or 18 database integrations that we already have. So we're kind of expanding that list so that you know more users in different sort of environments are able to kind of consume their data and uh, use AppSmith for that. And the last is uh, the app building capability around mobile responsiveness, the ease with which uh, you can rearrange or generate beautiful apps, if you will. So today, the default application that you create on AppSmith, like if I was being very, very honest, it, it looks okay. It doesn't look like the greatest thing. It works. <laughs> it works. It looks okay. But I think uh, in order to you know get more people excited about the product and the out 
output of AppSmith. We are investing a lot in our design and capabilities so that the first app or the default app that you create absolutely blows your mind. So, so those are some of the things that we are like super excited about. Uh, and hopefully in the next few months, we should have a bunch of them already in the hands of users. Very that cool. is so fun. And so if people want to contribute, do you have certain ways that they should? Do you want them to follow certain contributing guidelines? Is it kind of like pick a feature and go, pick an issue and go? How, what's what's your typical process around that? So a typical process is uh, if you're new to the AppSmith uh, code base or the repository, we have a list of good first issues. So you can come on our repository, filter by good first issues. We have a contribution guideline as well uh, where we've explained uh, different parts of the code base. So if you know you're contributing on the on the client side or with React, where should you find some stuff? If you're contributing on the server side with Java, where can you find some of the files that will probably be more relevant for you? So we have a contribution guideline as well. So, yeah, so a great way to kind of contribute is to a find a good first issue or find an issue that is up your alley. Most importantly, talk to us before you kind of actually pick it up. Because a lot yeah. of times it happens where you you might just be going on a different track that we don't want anybody to make an effort and put in their time for us to then not accept that pull request for whatever reason. So so please claim that issue. I mean, just come in saying, hey, I want to do this. We'd love to kind of help you contribute as well. So a lot of our team is out there to help. So claim the issue. Talk to us once, at least once before you actually do something. And then just raise a pull request. And from there on, it's the robots take over once the pull request comes up. So. <laughs> Very cool. We've mentioned that before. So a good first issue is a good place to start if you're listening. And yeah, that's solid advice for everybody. I hope some folks who are listening end up contributing to your project. And Hacktoberfest is coming up, so it'll be a good time Hacktoberfest to contribute Hacktoberfest is coming too. up. Get your oh, yeah, PRs Hacktoberfest, the, the, the biggest celebration of open source. Like super excited uh, about Hacktoberfest. I mean, that's literally why I got into open source. And um, nice. I'm really glad that this is a chance for for us to kind of give back to the community that's helped us get here. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. I want to shout out the winner of a Lifeboat badge who came on Stack Overflow, saved a question from the dustbin of history, and helped to spread some knowledge around the community. Thank you to Belzebub, awarded August 30th. They answered the question, how can I design a custom alert dialogue with rounded corners and a transparent dismiss button? This was asked five years ago, and 15,000 people have gone on to make some great rounded corners. All right, I am Ben Popper. I am the Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions and suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you're listening to the show and you like it, you should probably leave us a rating and a review because it really helps. I'm Cassidy Williams. I'm newly the CTO at Contenda. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. Yay, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and I'm Arpit Mohan. Uh, on on most places, I'm at the rate Mohan Arpit, M-O-H-A-N-A-R-P-I-T. You can find me on Twitter most of the times. And otherwise, you can shoot me an email at arpit at the rate appsmith.com. Yeah, that's largely where. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go out and make some apps. Use low code, no code, lots of code, heavy code, whatever kind of code you like. Get ready for Hacktober. Make some contributions to open source. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.